Hello and welcome back to Travel Day Episode 4. I am Jackson Van Pelt, your host here with Nolan Faber. Today's uh, episode, we're going to get into Iowa's game against Penn State this past weekend. Uh, I like to call it the depression game because that's what I felt the entire time. Uh, we're going to get into Iowa State's game against Oklahoma State, a pretty decent game there, probably Iowa State's best game, you could argue, of the year so far. We're going to get into the college football top 25 as well as a couple of key games from this past weekend. Uh, we're going to get into game of the weeks for us each, as well as some pickums, and we'll end it with a little bit of trivia, and it is my turn to guess, so let's hope all goes well. Anyway, we're going to get right in to the Iowa and Penn State game, and like I mentioned earlier, was depressed the entire time. I had a lot of fun watching that I'm game. I'm sure you did. I remember a lot about it. Well, actually, I don't. Here's the thing, and here's why. is because all I remember is every time Iowa came out, it was just, I had no confidence. It was three and out almost every time, or a fumble, or whatever, and every time I could see the fumble coming, too. It was like... I was just, I wasn't happy. So you're so, saying you had the script for the game the entire time. It seemed like I did because everything I thought would happen, happened. So I'm going to preface this by saying Penn State is a better football team by a lot, far and away. They're a lot better than Iowa. And I knew that going in, but I figured it could at least be somewhat of a, an, an interesting game, at least at parts, but it just wasn't. It was a horrible game, and I hated every minute of it, quite frankly. So obviously... I could sit here and I could talk about, oh, Brian Ferentz, you know, Brian Ferentz sucks. He's a horrible offensive coordinator. And while that might be true, he doesn't share all the blame. He just can't physically share all the blame. Cade McNamara, once again, was dreadful in the pocket. He has around the same stats, a little worse than Spencer Petrus. Now, I'm still a Cade McNamara fan. I like him a lot better than Spencer. I do. But he looks horrible back there. And I mean... He's making just horrible reads and horrible throws on guys that are open, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's an in, if it's the injury bugging him or if he's just out of shape. I don't know what's going on, but he needs to fix it straight up or get somebody else in there. I don't know. Well, like I've been telling you, I'm an outsider looking in at this case, and from the first four games, from what I've seen, I don't see any difference from what Spencer Petras was doing than what Kane McNamara is doing. Nothing, I would agree. Nothing at all. Yeah. And that's a problem, obviously, because you got Cade McNamara, who took Michigan to the college football playoff. And this is not the same guy. It's just not. And now I'm going to get into to why I think Cade's bad. Well, I just kind of did. But why Cade is having some problems, and I'm going to go with the O-line. The O-line looks like crap. They look horrible. And as a program that has put a lot of guys in the NFL on the O-line, that can't be happening. And I don't know what's going on. It's been the whole year. It wasn't just this game. I think it's got something to do with you losing your strength coach. I Come on. Well, have you noticed ever since your strength coach left, the offensive line has gotten worse every, every year? It's just I, been I, on a steady that decline. Should, that should not be any kind of excuse for these guys. I mean, strength is one thing. I understand it's a big part of the O-line, obviously. But George Barnett, our O-line coach, has to take initiative and has to take control of that because he, the, the product he's putting on the field is pathetic and it is not representative of Iowa football and no. quite frankly I think he'll go before Brian Ferentz goes well Brian Ferentz is also an offensive line guy that's his right. position and group. yet he's coaching quarterbacks that makes a lot of sense I'm not gonna get into that but it just all around there's a lot of dysfunction in this program and it showed against Penn State 
It did. And that was the first time Iowa's been shut out since the year 2000. So that makes things even better. That was awesome. Oh, man, I am so upset, dude. I just I can't even talk about it like without getting excited and by excited I mean angry because I just can't I can't do it. There was a muffed punt. We pulled an Iowa an Iowa State muffed punt from the Iowa State game a couple years a few years ago. I mean I just, <laughs> running it hit the back of him, and I just I, I immediately knew the game was over there. I was like, oh yeah. God, we're it's done. It's because, done because at that point, I, you guys did exactly what you wanted to do. You got the punt pinned inside the inside the five. I think it was the two. You got the field position you wanted. You're going to start on their side of the field in front of the 50. And then it just hits the guy right in the between the numbers and just and Penn State falls on it right away. And just, they got all the momentum from there, and mm-hmm. Iowa never regained it in any sort of fashion. Iowa fumbled the ball six times in this game, carrying the muffed punt. They had four first downs. Four first downs the entire game. Two of those fumbles, at least, came from strips of the quarterback and, again, could see that coming. Credit to uh, Damian... Robinson, I think they call him Chop. Yeah. Um, coming off the edge, he was obliterating our our tackles. I mean, he was he was obliterating the tackles. He, I, I remember distinctively. I think it was had to be the last or second to last fumble. I saw, I watched him. I was watching him the entire play because I knew he was he was due. He got around him without almost being touched by the tackle. Got in there and just put an absolute haymaker on the football and stripped it from Kate. And I was like, well. <laughs> I kind of expected it, like I said, but it, nevertheless, I was sad, and it made me very unhappy. You know your offense was really inefficient when Penn State's leading tackler was, had three? Three tackle? Yeah, well, they tackled, what, 24 times yeah. the entire game? Yeah, Because 24. we ran 24 plays or something like that? So, yeah. And five of them were for, for loss. It was just it was a pathetic display of football, and there is absolutely no reason that a Power 5 program should not be able to put up points. I do not care who you're playing. I don't care. Your offense should be good enough that you can move the football down the field at least one, stru- one drive out of the entire game. Well, they, they were that first drive until Eric Hall fumbled it. Correct. I will give you that. But there's no reason that the first drive of the game should yeah. be the only drive. But that was the only time they drove down the field. Exactly. And that was a great drive until Eric Hall fumbled the ball. And I was, again, depressed. Anyway, I'm going to give you a closer look at Iowa's uh, offensive numbers here. I've got a, a, a snapshot from a Twitter post. Total offense, this is out of 133 FBS teams, mind you. Total offense, 131st. First downs, 131st. Passing offense, 121st. Pass plays of 10-plus yards, 126th. And fumbles, 124th. And somehow we are 3-1. and one. Don't know how. It's just unreal that there are you no can, changes. You can thank your defense for the three wins. I would agree with that. Because it, it didn't come to the the offense was no effect no. to any of those wins. And it's just, it's pathetic, and I, I got to stop talking about it, because otherwise I'm going to get really angry. I'm just going to rant. So uh, I'll move on to the defense really quick. Defense, you know, they had a couple of times where they had to they had to pick up, you know, get on the field when Penn State was inside their own, or Iowa's 30 because of fumbles and whatnot. It's whatever they did give up thirty-one points, but again, Penn State. But they is were on the field good. for they were on the field for forty-five. Exactly, minutes. Penn State has a very good offense. I was very very impressed with their quarterback. He looked fantastic. Definitely an NFL talent. He's what a sophomore, so he's gonna he's gonna be very very good as long as he avoids injuries. Um, defense, and and all, this is another thing is the defense had multiple times they had third and long and even fourth downs, and they couldn't stop them. 
there was a bunch of third and seven, third and eights, and we let just let them run a slant route over the middle and then yeah. get twelve yards. I think that just goes back to the fact that they're on the field. The whole I game. would agree they're probably tired, but yeah. there there just has to be something done within this program to see progress because it is just recession after recession after recession. And with the amount of offensive pieces and defensive pieces you have, and Phil Parker as your defensive coordinator, there is absolutely no reason we should be losing thirty-one to zero to anybody, even Penn State. No. This year's Iowa team is, this is how I've seen it, like the offense is the same, if not worse, but the defense has been worse than it was last year. 100%. Not, not by a lot, but just by enough to where it's a noticeable impact. It's super noticeable. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter complaining about the referees. They sucked. I'll give you that. But there's no excuse for you how still they play. You still didn't put up any points. You don't, if you don't matter. put up points, you can't win. So there's no excuse for how we played. Absolutely none. And... You've got a big game, not a big game, you've got a game, a night game at Kinnick against Michigan State. A game they should win. A game they should they should win. And if I'm Iowa, I don't want to just win that game. I want to win that game by four flippin' touchdowns. Because and, the, and the way you're going to do it is you need you need to pass, pass the ball. It has to happen. It has to happen. You've got to figure something out. Something has to change. It sounds like we're talking about Iowa State from last week. I wish we were. All right, we're going to get right into Iowa State um, now that I have cooled down a little bit. And, um, you know, no one's actually the happy one for once because Iowa State actually won a game and uh, looked okay. So I'll get you the uh, the floor here. My, my first note here is, um, d- does Iowa State have the air raid offense? <laughs> I mean, Rocco Beck put up 350 yards and three touchdowns on Saturday, which were all career highs, of course. But he, he looked fantastic back there. Uh, not a lot of mistakes. A few missed throws, but the misses were like big enough to where it didn't matter, where a defender could make the play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Nolan and Daniel Jackson all had career days yesterday. Jalen Nolan, big bounce back. Saturday, game. by the way. Saturday, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nolan, big bounce back game from. I would agree with that. Yeah. From the Iowa game impressed. where he had three drops. I mean, he had eight catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. We finally got to see what Daniel Jackson is able to do on the football field. He's been hurt the past two years, so we've never been able to see it. Mm-hmm. We've seen flashes, but it wasn't enough to really know what we've got. But right. I think on Saturday, they know what they got in him, and yeah. it showed with six catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns there. Running the ball is is just not going to be part of the offense the rest of the year. Iowa State's run blocking is just god awful. <laughs> I went back and rewatched the game last night. That O line was letting so many people through on the run on run plays. It it was you. stupid. I'll trade you offensive lines right now. Our left tackle, I don't think he blocked a guy on a run play. No, he, he just like oh here you go, have a free shot at my running back. I don't care. That's what it seemed like. But when you tell them to pass block, oh, oh, they're good at pass blocking, and it shows. They, I mean, I don't know what the, what's the real difference though, other than they're backing up to keep that pocket contained. I don't know either, but I mean, I mean, Rocco's only been sacked once and hit twice, I think. So he hasn't been hit the a lot. whole year. He's only been sacked once all year. Wow, that's impressive. And that was in the Ohio game. That's really weird, actually. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it was the fact that he can also move around in the pocket. He's able to escape and roll out and throw on the run. I wish that was Iowa's O-line right there. I mean, holy crap. I think a big improvement for offensive line will come when Jake Ramsberg comes back from his suspension, and I think he'll just move right into that left tackle spot because it is his last year. They want to get him there as soon as possible because he'll be twice the player that the left tackle we got in there now. I don't even know his name is, but 
It's probably a good thing I don't. So. <laughs> don't even know what his name is. Well, he doesn't deserve you know, to know. On to offense, known, on offense too, they they kind of did some uncharacteristic things. Mm-hmm. The first touchdown drive, uh, they went for it on fourth and three. Mm-hmm. And usually in that situation, they like try to hard count and they'll just like punt in the short field and play their defense from there. Yeah. But th- they went for it on fourth and three, and Jalen Noel found a seam and he was wide open for a 38 yard touchdown pass. And it was, it was just beautiful. Something I think Iowa State fans were willing and ready to see the whole year. Yeah. Going on to the defense, um, this is the first game in eight games that they gave up 400 plus yards of offense and I'm not too worried about him I think Hancock will get him back into place it's a big 12 defense so like there's going to be points scored yeah but Gundy's also he's like I think he's the only coach in the big 12 to where he can actually like he knows how to play against this defense yeah because Oklahoma State always seems to be the game where it's always high scoring the team that wins is usually just one that I mean it's of course outscores the other but in that game it's whoever scores a lot of points Mm mm-hmm I mean, there was a couple times they got out of place, which which led to a big run that led to a touchdown later. And the biggest one I'm worried about was they motioned a running back out wide, and an inside linebacker followed him because they were so they're in man, mm-hmm. and he just ran a straight go route and just dusted him. I mean, for a 60 yard touchdown. And the thing was, they had no safety help over the top on that play. It wasn't something I like to see, but I still think that. They'll get back, and I think they'll have a good game against Oklahoma. Yeah, you think they're gonna have a good game against Oklahoma? The defense. I don't okay. know about the offense yet, but I think okay. the defense. Will. I was gonna say Oklahoma's ranked sixteenth, sixteenth, or fourteenth, fourteenth, even better. And it's the, in, it's in Norman, correct? Yeah, and, th- okay. and this will be the true test to see how well they'll be able to pass the ball. I mean, Saturday showed that they have confidence in Rocco now to pass the ball, which I think everyone knew he had the confidence to, to throw the ball, but the coaches still didn't see it. So I hope this this upcoming week that they stick with passing. They still they still got to run the ball a lot because it will set up the play action pass, which worked really well on Saturday. I mean, I just don't think they'll be able to run for 100 yards. They they're gonna have to throw for 400 to beat Oklahoma. I was gonna say you're gonna need. I think you're gonna need that air raid piece to beat the Sooners. I really do. I mean, they're gonna be a very tough team. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of hope what happens to Iowa happens to you guys. But that's just because I'm salty about Iowa's loss. And, and I said earlier too, like Iowa State always finds a way to upset a team. This could be the one. I think this week could be the week they upset. Could upset. be. Because I don't think Oklahoma hasn't played anybody. Mm-hmm. They played Cincinnati on Saturday, beat them 20-6. to six. Yeah, it wasn't like a high-scoring affair. Yeah. I think the defense for Oklahoma is really good, mm-hmm. but I guess we'll see what the offense really is made of. Yeah. We're going to get into the AP Top 25 rankings here. So what we've got here is, again, Georgia at the top, Michigan at the two, Texas at the three, Ohio State moves up two spots to the four after taking down Notre Dame. We'll get into that game here in a little bit. Florida State drops one to the five. Penn State up one to the six. Washington up one to the seven. USC falls three spots to the eight. But Which I think makes sense. They haven't played anybody I was going to say, I think that's more of their schedule and also the fact that other teams have and been moving The up. fact that Penn State looks really good. Washington looks really good. Mm-hmm. Oregon moves up one to the nine. I think that's warranted after what they did to Colorado. And I, lo- I love that one. <laughs> we'll get into that as well. Yeah. Uh, Utah up one to the 10. Notre Dame down two to the 11 after the loss to Ohio State. Alabama moves up one to the 12. Whatever, dude. They beat Ole Miss. Unfortunately, Ole Miss. They they, they shouldn't have jumped LSU, at, who's at 13 behind them. They just swapped places. I think LSU's yeah, the best team in that case. I don't. 
I don't agree with that. But anyway, Oklahoma at the 14, like we mentioned. North Carolina at the 15, up two. Washington State up five to the 16, and I still think they're underrated. That That is a well-deserved big jump for them. They looked really good this weekend against Oregon State. I still love their quarterback. They look phenomenal, and that's not something I say a whole lot. Well, yeah, it kind of is, but it's one that I truly believe in. They look dangerous. Duke at the 17, up one spot. Miami up two spots to the 18. Uh, Oregon State drops five spots the 19 after that loss to Washington. They shouldn't have dropped that much. I would no. agree. I think Washington they, State— They only lost by three. I think a loss to Washington State's not that big of a no. deal. I think that's a good game either way. And I think if you—I mean, they hang, they hung with them. You know, it wasn't like it was—I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. It was like, what, three two touchdowns? Something no, like that. They lost—it was a close game. Was it? Yeah. They were down they, by a lot. They were down by a lot, but then they came back. They lost, okay. They lost 38-35. Okay, that's not bad. That's really good, actually. Okay, so yeah, I think Oregon State's still a dangerous team. I think maybe dropping five spots is a little much. Um, I would not put them below Duke and Miami, but yeah. AP did, so we'll see. Ole Miss drops five to the 20 after losing they Alabama. Shouldn't have, they shouldn't have dropped Again, five as well. Yep. They, they lost at Alabama. and There's a lot of variance in, in teams moving this, this week, and I'm not really sure why on some of these. But anyway, Tennessee up two to the 21. Florida up three to the 22. Somehow Tennessee's ahead of Florida, even though Florida beat Tennessee, but whatever. Uh, Missouri stays at the 23. Kansas, or didn't stay, I guess they're in. In now. Kansas in now at the 24, which is really interesting. I think that'll be a really good game. They they have somebody this week. Well, of course they have somebody this week. Well, you know what I mean. They got Texas at Texas. Oh, yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That'll be a good game, I hope. I think that'll be really fun to watch. And then that 25 spot goes to... None other than Fresno State, which is kind of... I don't know anything about Fresno State. I'm not going to lie to you. But they're in there. So They are there, baby. The Bulldogs are there. Kansas State receiving the most uh, votes outside of the top 25 with 57. Kentucky with 41. Colorado with 32. As Colorado dropped out of the top 25 after that loss to Oregon. Uh, Louisville, 32. UCLA, 28. And on and on and on. Nothing really crazy here. I mean, Air Force with six votes, which is kind of interesting, but... Other than that, nobody that really shocks me that's just outside the top 25. I'll just say last week is that was the last week we'll ever see Iowa in the top 25. I will agree with this that. This year. They shouldn't be there. They don't deserve it. They, I didn't think they deserved it before this game, and now they definitely don't deserve it. So we'll just, you know, it's okay. I'm okay with not being a top 25 team. We, don't, like, we, were what, we were number two at one point in my lifetime. It's okay. I'll live, you know, that I can remember. So Oregon obviously took it to Colorado this week. Beating them forty-two to six, Colorado not getting on the board until very late in the fourth quarter. There was a lot of crap talking, for lack of a better term, that I well, I'm not going to try to curse on here, but there was there was a lot of it, and a lot mostly of from Colorado, mostly side. from Colorado, hundred percent. And Oregon's coach credit to him got his guys together and put an end to that, and they went out there and did their thing and. They showed it on the field rather than with their mouths, and I think that's something Colorado should pick up on. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still love Colorado. I still love Dion. Um, I'm still a believer in what they can do. It's just that this was a much – this was a humbling. It was. It was a humbling. It, it, was, it was an exposure. It, they, they got exposed. I will. Yeah, and I think that, again, still a very good football team, but, man, that defense is bad. The defense is bad, and their offensive line is bad. There's uh, just, Shador was running all over the place on Saturday. It, it was he, he was under pressure almost every time. He, he was sacked seven times. Oh my goodness! Wow, I didn't know that. So again, that drops Colorado out of the top twenty-five. I think deservedly so. Yeah. There's just I don't you can't reconcile that loss. No. I don't think that that bad and that magnitude. I think I think with this score too, I think it'll be a similar score this weekend to USC. You think it'll be that bad? 
I think they'll put up more than six, but I still think that Caleb Williams will be. I, I think USC is going to put up more than forty-two there. I would agree. I think Colorado. I mean, this is Colorado's chance to prove that it was a one-off and make it a close game and make it competitive. It, it won't but be, they, but they have to do it now. You can't wait around and like because I'm not going to give you the same props as sticking with Oregon State later on or whatever versus USC. So. I do like the fact that Travis Hunter, after that game, he wanted to come back from his rib injury like this week. But Dion did the right thing and told him that, no, you're going to get healthy. You still got a lot more football to play after instead of just missing these few weeks. Right. He, you're going to be a so much better player than a lot of people like that corner spot. He, he might, said, Yeah, he said he was going to be better than he ever was, than Dion ever was, is what Dion said. So. Which could be. And I mean, maybe. I mean, he's got that dual, you know, both sides of the ball type thing, so possibly. I will say that Dion made the right call there. You want to get your star player healthy. You don't – I mean, there's you, no point. In, in, you don't want to risk another injury against a top 16 to where then you might lose him the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all we got on Colorado, Oregon. It was – at the end of the day, it was just a shellacking people. I mean, it was bad, and it was – I really wished it would have been a better game because it would have been more entertaining to watch, but credit to Oregon. They took care of business, did what they needed to do. Uh, our next game that we're going to cover, or their last game rather, is Ohio State and Notre Dame. And this one also filled me with a little bit of depression after watching Iowa get schlacked. Um, Ohio State wins it on a touchdown in the final seconds of the game. It was it was tough. I don't love Ohio State, obviously, and Notre Dame is, is near and dear to my heart because I've grown up, they've kind of been my second favorite team growing up. Um, so it kind of sucked to watch, but, you know, it was a great game all the way around 17-14. Both teams show they can compete at a high level, and I think Notre Dame is not done yet. Yeah, but both defenses in this game really show that they're defenses that are here to stay and are actually up to what they are on paper, except for the one fluke at the end of the game where Notre Dame had 10 players on the field for both those both last those two last plays. plays. Yes, I'm not really sure what happened there. Their coach talked about it. He's He had the guy next to him, and he was wanting to push him on there. But he was. It was too late, and he didn't want to risk giving him a. But penalty. Ohio State made changes, didn't they? I, I didn't. On personnel, I didn't watch I that think they the did. Game, I, th- I want to say Ohio State made personnel changes, which means Notre Dame has the right to make those same changes before the. That, ball that might have been on the first play, but I think the second play. Okay, well then that's a then, coaching problem, yeah. or maybe it could be a player problem. If they probably a player problem, just not knowing yeah. you're supposed to be out yeah, there. Exactly. So. You just got to put somebody out there. You just need a body. I mean, straight yeah. up on that goal line set, you need somebody out there. What's half a yard gonna do when they're already a yard out? Exactly. I don't know. It's it's it goes on both of them. It was a it was a steady game. No one scored in the first. Ohio State took a three nothing lead in the second. They took that to halftime, and then both teams scored a touchdown in the next respective quarters, third and fourth quarters. So they each put up seven. Each put up fourteen points in the uh, second half. So Ohio State's obviously big field goal to uh, get back, go into the locker room with the lead at halftime was huge. I like I said, Notre Dame. You know, they had, I think it was third or, third or fourth down. I think it was third down. And when they made, Ohio State made that pass to get them on the one-yard line, the half-yard line, whatever it was. Yeah, it, that was just bad defense. It was not, it looked, I mean, he was wide open. I don't know if someone missed an he, assignment. I think he just screened him off really well. Okay. Because he was like, there were still guys around him, but, like, there was enough space for him to actually have a clean catch radius. Okay, gotcha. I, I think, the, like, the biggest thing for Ohio State besides winning the game was the fact that, Marvin Harrison came back after the injury he mm-hmm. suffered, which yeah. I think is big. Ohio State looks pretty good. I think they're going to be uh, dangerous down the stretch here, and I think uh, you could argue, maybe not their offense, but their defense can definitely maybe uh, stand up to Michigan. So we'll see what happens. There's a three-headed monster in that East division. Yep. 
Penn State. Yep. Penn State. I don't think anybody knows who's going to win that division yet. Uh, I'd put money. If I was a betting man, I'd put money down to Michigan right now. Penn State's right there, though. And I think Ohio State's your close third place out of those three. But who knows? I mean, head to head matchups are going to be huge. All right, we're going to do our game of the weeks now. Uh, I will go first just because I'm the one talking right now. So, what I'm going to uh, suggest you viewers, viewers, not really listeners, watch is uh, Utah and Oregon State, a Pac-12 matchup that I think will be very, very interesting. Both are ranked teams, Utah at the 10, Oregon State at the 19. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock game on Fox Sports 1, 8 o'clock Central Time. It'll, it'll give you something to watch late at night on Friday. It will, and I think it'll be a, a shootout. I think it'll be really fun to watch. Utah didn't put up a lot of points against UCLA this past weekend, and Oregon State did put up a good amount of points, but I still think uh, Utah will come out and do something fun. I think it'll be a, a fun matchup. I think it will come down if Utah's quarterback is back this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he is. I I've heard things where like he'd be out for the first four weeks and come back, but okay. I haven't seen any updates on it yet. So I guess we'll. It's only out. Tuesday. A lot yeah. could happen. But yeah. All right. My my game of the week is a Big Twelve matchup. We got Kent number twenty four Kansas at number three Texas. This this I like this game in the fact that just because this will be a true test for to see if Kansas is legit. If if they can play this close, maybe even sneak out a win here, then that shows that they're a real force in the Big Twelve. I I agree with you. I think they got to keep it close, keep their name in in a fun conversation uh, in the Big Twelve. I do think Texas wins this game by at least ten, probably closer to seventeen points. Yeah, but I think Kansas definitely has a shot. I'm not. I mean, which you can't say a lot from Kansas teams of the past. So good for them. You know, I think it'll be a fun game. What time's that game, man? 2.30. 2.30. On ABC. On ABC. So, big, uh, big Prime game. time. Prime time, really? 2.30? On ABC, yeah. It's prime time network. Sure. Whatever. 2.30. Prime time. Anyway, moving on. We've got pickums for this week. Um, I believe, I want to say I'm in the lead now. No, we're tied. Oh, we're tied. Yeah. Y- you beat me last week. Okay. Yeah, I went 6-4. and four, You went 7-3. and three. Which is just a flip of what we did the weeks before. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we, bo- we both got Auburn, Ole Miss, and Notre Dame wrong. Um, yeah, you, you got Utah right, and I got UCLA wrong. Last gotcha, week. gotcha. Yeah. All right. This week we got a uh, ten new games. The first one we got number twenty-two Florida at Kentucky. Florida. All right. I, I don't think it'll be that close. I, I went with Kentucky <clears throat> here because it's at Kentucky, and Kentucky's defense is a little bit better than what Florida's is. I st- still don't like Florida's quarterback. Okay. I don't. I still don't think Kentucky's gonna. Kentucky run up is favored. Are they? Yeah. By how many? Three. Okay, so that's a that's pretty small. It, it's a toss-up game. It's a toss-up. Yeah, I'm still gonna go Florida. Yeah, I right. believe in my Gators. N- next one, we got Clemson at Syracuse. Ooh, um, you know I want to hmm. at Syracuse. You said at yeah at Syracuse. I'm gonna go with Clemson. I think that could also be a toss-up game. I think Syracuse has looked pretty good this year. Honestly, they are yeah. receiving votes. I went with Clemson too, just because Clemson's played tougher teams and they looked fairly decent against Florida State yep. last week. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Syracuse hasn't played anybody yet. It's true. Clemson did lose uh, to Florida State in an OT, so Clemson could come out and just take it to them. But I think Syracuse looked decent enough that we have to give them at least a little bit of credibility. Yeah. Next, we got Texas A&M at Arkansas. Mmm, that's also a tough one. Gosh, these are hard because <sighs> Arkansas is. Okay, it's an SEC team. Yeah, at Arkansas. Yeah, but A and M has looked probably better this year. Overall, they were preseason ranked, and they're still getting votes, even though they're outside the top twenty-five. I'm gonna go with Texas A and M. I think right. they're gonna win that one 
probably by only by probably a touchdown if any if maybe even not that much uh, I went with A&M, too. Okay. Uh, Arkansas' defense, I think, has given up like 450 to 400 yards of offense this year. So Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and they're not as effective this year in offense as well. Yeah. All right. Next, we got South Alabama at James Madison. Okay. <laughs> Didn't expect that. I'm going to go James Madison because James Madison looks pretty pretty darn good this year. I, I went with them, too, and I'm, I really like James Madison. I think in a few years, once they're able to get into that bowl games, yep. They'll start to they'll be that group of five team. I think that has a chance to go to the playoffs. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, I just I, they kind of came out of nowhere. they being pretty decent this year, so I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt. They were decent last year, were they? Yeah, I don't remember hearing about them. They would they I think they okay, won that's nine the or ten. They're not they're not a good conference, but they still won right, nine or ten belt, games. But they still won nine or ten games. Right, but that's the difference is that I'm in their first about year them. in the in FBS. They were an FCS team. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't that's, know that. That's why they're unable to go to bowl games. Oh, that's a weird rule. Yeah. They get like a five-year transition period. Five years? It's it's. I think that's a little much, but I think it's around that time. Jeez. Next, we got South Florida at Navy. Okay, these are just getting really, really dumb. Um, don't blame me. South Florida, I guess? I don't know. Navy doesn't have much of an offense as far as I'm aware. It's it's a normal Military school, they just run the ball. Yeah, I know. They're just hard nosed. They don't very. They very rarely pass the ball. Yeah, so. I, I went with South Florida in this one. Okay. As well. Yeah. I uh, don't. Next, we got Boise no State at Memphis. Oh man, Memphis played Missouri close this week, didn't they? Yeah. Ooh. Still lost though. Yeah, I know. I know. Hmm. I want to. S- I want to say Memphis. I think that's that could be another good game. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. Um, Memphis is the better team on paper. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. With I that. think I think by a lot, but, but Boise yeah. State's got that. Boise State is Boise State. Yeah, man. they got the historical aspect yeah, of they might just being that group of five teams. That's always good. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, th- this one might be more up your alley. We got number set thirteen LSU against at number twenty Ole Miss. LSU by two touchdowns. Yeah, I went with LSU too. I, I, I even said earlier LSU could be a team that could still sneak into the playoffs. I was rooting for Ole Miss this week, but they didn't look super impressive against Alabama. Not as good as I thought they were going to be. So. No. Alabama's defense did did step up this week, yes, which was but good. Still, and they actually had some all right quarterback play. <laughs> all right, we got Troy at Georgia State, dude. What is with the Sun Belt games? Oh, this I, makes it hard. I don't know. Um, Georgia State. I think I've seen something about them being actually decent this year. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why they're, they're decent. Okay, they're four and zero. They just come off a win against Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. By a, like thirty-one fourteen, I think was the score. Okay. So yeah, I like and, that. And pick, Troy is two and two on the year. Okay, we did see Troy against Western Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. We got no- number eleven Notre Dame at number seventeen Duke. Notre Dame by probably ten to fourteen. Yeah, I went with Notre Dame here too. I think I, Duke, I, don't, I don't think Duke has the defensive mm-mm. firepower no. to hold up, and I just think Notre Dame's defense. Sam Hartman is, is just that much better than Duke's quarterback, yep. and I think he'll have a bounce back game after he struggled against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Last one, we got West Virginia at TCU. I'm going to go TCU because they're at home. Yeah, I went with TCU too just but because I, I just don't think West Virginia is that good. Um, that's like an, that's like the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game. It's a battle of mid-teams, so who yeah. knows? I mean, yeah, it's a Big 12 play, so yeah. who knows? Yeah, plus I got the TCU bias too. True, that's true. All right, yeah, those are our picks. A lot of, I think all of them were the same except Kentucky and Florida. Okay, so, sweet. So that's so, going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, it is going to be the deciding factor. 
going to get into trivia now. Uh, five questions is what we do. Five questions. Uh, we trade off who asked them uh, each episode. We are tied. I had three out of five my first my first week, two uh, episodes ago. Nolan got three out of five last uh, episode. So um, he is now asking the questions, and he has told me that it is Iowa-related. It is Iowa-related. And the yes. problem it's is— still, It's still football-related, but right. it's Iowa-related. But the problem is, is I feel that I'm going to be bad at it, and therefore I'm going to look like a fake Iowa fan. So Th- we'll This will out. really put you to the test. Yeah, goody. All right. First question. Yep. Who won the only Heisman Trophy for Iowa in 1939? Niall Kinnick? Yes. Okay. One for one, baby. Let's go. That was your warm-up question. Okay. (laughs) This one's like the first set when you're left and right here, this next one. Okay. Who is the all-time winningest coach in Iowa football history? Oh, no. Hayden Fry? You put too much weight on the bar there, son. It's Kirk Ferentz. Dang it, dude. I couldn't. I didn't know. I didn't know if Kirk had passed him or not. Dang it, bro. Come on. Yeah. All right. That makes me look bad. See, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right. Next one. No. How many first-round draft picks does Iowa have all time? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> all time? All time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, can, I, can I get a ballpark here? Like, um, range? Zero to 25. Okay. I'm going to go with 18. You're close. What was it? 13. Okay, that's not super close, but whatever. 13? Really, yeah, that's it? 13. Uh, that's Probably most of those are as, as of late. And more so probably tight ends than anything. Yeah, I mean, just the three you got in right now are most of them. Yeah. But what do you mean three? Thirteen, three of the 13? Then you got a couple oh, of offensive linemen in there. I thought you meant total in the NFL. No. I was like, what are you talking no. about? All right. Fourth one. How many players does Iowa have in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, Really? Yeah. It's n- Huh. Do you want another ballpark? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's less than 10. Well, I figured it was less than 10. I didn't think it was going to be any, to be honest. I can't think of three? Five. Dude, who? I need to look that up. Yeah. They were, they were, they were, it's a lot of – the re- most recent one was one in 2020. Someone got elected in there. In 2020? So he's probably played in what, 80? 80s, 70s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. This is not going well. This one is a little bit of false hope for you, maybe a little bit, with how you're feeling right now. False hope. From – this Penn State game. Okay. But who is Iowa's all-time passing yards leader? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> recent guy or not recent guy? Eh. You, eh. Could, you could say so. Eh. Uh, how how recent is recent? Like last 20 years? No. Oh, of course. I'm not going to know. You know this player, though. I wasn't. I do? Yeah. You should know this guy. Should and do are two different things. So I was not alive? No. Okay, great. That's fantastic. Totally but not this. this guy is, he's one of the best players that Iowa's ever had come through that program. I like, oh, dude. Chuck Long. You are correct. Thank God. Okay. I couldn't remember if Chuck was a quarterback or not, dude. Do you, do you want to guess, like, a ballpark on how many he had? What was it, touchdowns? Or passing yards? yards? He, played Total? Five, he played five years, yeah. Oh. He played all five years? That, yeah. Really? Yeah. I would think so to have the number he had. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I can give you like a rough guess. Sixty-five hundred. It was over ten thousand. Wow. Yeah. See, that would never happen in today's yeah. Iowa program. There Did is you know no who's second? Stan- Stanzi. Stanley. No, Stanzi. Stanzi. No, it's Nate Stanley. Stanley was second. Yeah. It was like really. Eight, like eighty-five hundred. Stanzi must not have thrown the ball as much as I remember. That's interesting. So Chuck Long. All right. Two out of five. Not a good day. 
for um, the Iowa fan guessing Iowa trivia. That's unfortunate. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And um, I, I can assume probably some tough Iowa State questions next week. Yeah, I, that's that's the idea because those were actually very difficult, and yeah. I didn't know that. It's trivia for you. They're supposed yeah, to be Yeah, I know, I know. But still, it's like I feel bad for not knowing some of them. Some of them are fine. I mean, but like. I didn't expect you to know the, the first rounders or the yeah that one's tough. or the pro football. Like, there's no way, dude. I, I, I expected you to get Kirk even, Ferentz right. I don't. Even, yeah, I know. I should have gotten one right. I can't even. I don't even think I can name you a guy that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for Iowa. Well, there's five. So right, but and they all played before you were born. Right, but played in the '80s. Uh, maybe I've heard of him, but I don't know, man. I didn't think we had any. I'm gonna be real with you. I was like zero question mark. Yeah, that was it zero. You've heard of the name. Um, Duke Slater. Oh, Duke, it's Duke Slater Field at Kinnick Stadium, bro. Really? He, he was. Hey, Duke Slater was in the is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, apparently, which yeah. I guess makes sense considering the field's named after him. Um, him and Alex Karras were the two most recent. No idea who Alex Karras is. He, he played for the Lions. Okay. Who else is in from there? 1961? So there's no way you'd get them. 1961? Yeah, and he just got inducted this year. Oh my couple goodness. Years ago. Yeah, I don't know any of those other ones. You've got, uh, what, what are the names? You got... Um, yeah, Elman Tunnel. No idea. He was inducted in 67. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a long time um, ago. Paul Cruz. Okay. Uh, safety in 98. Okay. Uh, Andre Tippett, a linebacker in 2008. That actually sounds somewhat familiar, and I don't know why. So, obviously, I completely failed this. To be honest with you, two out of five is really bad. But um, hopefully we can get Nolan on some tricky ones next episode. So... Do tune in for that, just at least just to find that out, but also to get our recap of uh, this next weekend's game for Iowa and Iowa State. This has been Jackson Van Pelt and Nolan Faber from Travel Day, and we thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a great night, and uh, goodbye.